Show. My guest today, I've been wanting to speak to for a very long time. What people don't understand is that he has so many keys and so much information about how we got where we are now, why and who the players are. And I'm very excited to welcome George Papadopoulos to the show. Thank you for joining me, sir. Thanks a lot for having me, Mel. Looking forward to this. Great. Um, first and foremost, for people that everyone in probably planet Earth that has any uh, interest in what is going on knows your name, but not many people know your background. And I just wanted, before we start, for you to tell a little bit about your background and how you ended up being such an important figure in uh, the controlled demolition of America. Yeah, and uh, I guess uh, if you had told me that there was an actual controlled demolition of America six years ago, seven years ago, I would have laughed it off as a conspiracy theory. And now I'm actually going to really get into a lot of details of uh, what I think is more of like a systemic, systematic attempt to really take down America. And it really started with a lot what happened to me with the Trump campaign. But my background really started off, uh, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, I guess, uh, I started off in a really establishment type of background. A lot of these uh, former Reagan officials, George W. Bush, George H.W. Bush, think tank guys that I worked with for like 10 years. And I actually had an opportunity to see uh, a lot of these bad policies from the inside. Uh, a lot of my colleagues were, you know, some of the architects of the Iraq war, the Afghanistan war. So this was between, let's say, 2010 to 2015. And by the time 2015, the summer came around, obviously there was a presidential campaign season. I wanted to get involved. And what were they telling me? Oh, we're going to get you uh, in with Rubio, with Jeb Bush, one of these establishment guys. And I said, absolutely not. This is not what I think the future of America is. I don't think your policies worked in the past. They're not going to work in the present and certainly not in the future. The Republican Party needs somebody to take it down, smash it and recreate it. So I reached out to Lewandowski at a time when Trump's campaign was three people. We get in touch. Ben Carson was also another candidate I really adored. I thought he really epitomized the American dream. I worked for Ben Carson first as a foreign policy and economic advisor. He drops out. He endorses Trump. He says, do you like this guy? Do you want to work with him? I said, Little do you know, I've been trying to get on his campaign from day one. Then I joined Trump's campaign. And then uh, the rest is all about the deep states uh, spying. And there's been a misunderstanding, I think, in America by some well-meaning people and some people who are just completely oblivious. This was not simply Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. They were the fall people for the international operation that went against a global, a populist nationalist candidate like Donald Trump. And we have seen the effect of that in 2024. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, everyone remembers when it was like Donald Trump saying, they're not after me, they're after you and I'm in the way. And I say, they're not after America, they're after the world and America is in the way. And for them to get this great reset, Agenda 2030, global governance, as they rebranded it, um, they really have to destroy America. And they're doing a great job because the American people are unaware of what is really happening. I feel if the American people understood that this is a globalist billionaire oligarchy, basically, that have captured this nation, uh, they would stand up in righteous indignation. And I think your story uh, kind of puts that together because it's it's amazing that the Crown and, and the UK time and time again, up to this day, and what's going on even in Yemen, it seems to be not in the mix, but they're totally in the mix and they're very good at hiding it. I think this is for hundreds of years. They've been excellent at this. But let's talk first about what happened with you, because there's somebody that is missing in action, multiple people. But one of the big ones is Joseph Mif Mifsud. This man, I don't know how he got away with disappearing, but uh, I think it's very important to know exactly what happened with you and him and where it happened and how the UK and US, it appears, deep state worked together uh, in the operation to take down Trump and use people like you to try to do it. So I've always said that, obviously, I, I, I believe that the uh, Obama deep state was actually, first of all, obviously, they wanted an, a third Obama term, right? And Clinton was going to be Obama's third term. Biden, unfortunately, now is Biden is Obama's third term. And we're seeing the destruction of America and uh, destabilization around the world. Now, 
um, beef. The, the reason I, I bring this up is because when I joined Carson's campaign, there were already a lot of bizarre characters that were coming into my life, uh, you know, trying to probe me for information, mostly domestic, because I wasn't uh, abroad at that moment. Um, when I joined Trump's campaign, before my name even goes public in the Washington Post, and this is very important for your listeners to understand, my name went public end of March 2016 that I was joining Trump's campaign officially. In the beginning of March of 2016, so we're talking three weeks before my name is even public. No one knows who George Papadopoulos is outside of these very small circles in Washington and London and Rome. The, the Italian foreign minister at the time, Vincenzo Scotti, is basically ushering me to a conference in Rome through this, con this company I was hired to work for in London called the, Internet, the London Center for International Law Practice. And there was a woman who was a director at this company called Arvind Dersambe. And, and the reason I, I'm mentioning this person is because she's probably in as important as Joseph Mifsud in this entire scandal, but no one has ever talked about her. They've intentionally uh, covered her up. And as I'm a director at this company, I'm hired to be a director. I really didn't understand why I was hired to be a director, but they just brought in some up and coming Americans and Europeans, let's say, to come to London and be part of this organization, kind of like a think tank law firm kind of thing. And I said, look, you know what? Uh, Ben Carson dropped out, uh, you know, they hired me. And I said, I'm going back to America because I'm joining this other campaign. So remember, I'm, I'm working for this company. Right. And the woman Arvinder Sambe says, before you go, you have to go to Rome because there are a lot of interesting people that you're going to meet there. They're going to help you on the campaign. Okay. Or whatever you're going to do in the future. And I fly to Rome. And you all understand the connection with the Vatican and, you know, what's happening. Rome is a, is a, is a critical uh, node of espionage as much as London. And the Italian foreign minister, Vincenzo Scotti, takes me to this university called Link Campus. And he says, I'm going to introduce you to all of these people. This is before my name's public, just so you understand. The Italian foreign minister. So the equivalent of Anthony Blinken taking an unknown staff member of a wow. of a British campaign and saying, I'm going to introduce you to people in the US State Department, right? And he's like, here's this person, Mifsud. So the connection to Mifsud happened through two intermediaries, Arvinder Sambe, who was a director at this company, who I later, after intense research, learned that she actually worked with Bob Mueller after 9-11. Okay, and this is part of uh, the, the Crown prosecution and all that that you you discuss at the beginning of this uh, conversation. Right. And the Italian foreign minister, who then introduces me to Mifsud, and Mifsud begins to tell me, I'm gonna introduce you to this person. I know this person, that person, what's your background? What do you know? What's your plan? And I said, you know, we're in discussions of uh, joining uh, this campaign. What can you do for me? And Mifsud then, for your viewers to really remember who he was, after this bizarre uh, interconnection to get to him, he was the guy that helped launch the entire Russia collusion scandal, the Comey investigation, the Mueller stuff, Durham, Horowitz, everything goes to this one man right. who was portrayed in the media as a Russian intelligence officer meeting with me. But as I just explained to you, he was introduced to me to people who were connected to MI6 and to the Italian intelligence. So the, the story really is very deep. Right. Wow. It is uh, it is amazing because from there on, what we were told was uh, one lie after another about Russia collusion. And again, it really had nothing to do with Russia. And at this point also, Hillary Clinton's campaign is working with uh, Steele and all of them on the fake dossier. So this is all they must have known before that somehow that you were going to Trump's campaign. And at that point, then you are in the mix uh, in now you're with Trump. And what do you start seeing now? You probably didn't see it then. But in retrospect, when did you start seeing that they were kind of doing something that might be setting you up? 
because you, you were kind of aware that something was happening because most people, I think at this point, didn't even put Hillary Clinton into the mix or the Clinton Clinton um, campaign or any of that. So then it became that you were the one that was going to be exposing Hillary Clinton was like a, a headline. And, and from what I saw, I didn't think you had anything to do with that. So can you just talk about that period of time when your name did come out and then it was like, what does he have to do with that? It didn't make any sense at the time to me. Now it now it does, but then it didn't. Yeah, so basically what I think was really going on is I, I think that the deep state actually was trying to muddy up various candidates and their teams to basically handcuff them from properly governing should they be elected. That's exactly what they did to Trump with Mueller and all of this right. nonsense. And then impeachment 1.0, 2.0. So I think that uh, they... They had operatives going into different campaigns, trying to get information, set people up. You see it now with all of these stories about members of Congress being blackmailed yes. with prostitutes or or money or bribes or, you know, hidden recordings, whatever they were doing. So obviously they do it to sitting members of Congress are going to do it to staffers. You know, I, you know, I was one of the seven foreign policy economic advisors to Carson, then one of the five initial to Trump. So, I mean, we're talking very small circles of people that the moment your name is public or you're associating yourself to candidates that could potentially shake up the system and go against Hillary, they're going to go after you. So the reason that these operatives and these characters came into my life so hard and so fast is because this was all predetermined to make sure that they could take down a candidate like Trump who was espousing populist, economic, nationalist ideas that really went against not only the establishment at home, but abroad. And abroad meaning what, right? Yeah. Who was talking about Brexit? For your, for your viewers, so let's remember what Brexit was. Brexit was when the UK was voting to remain in the globalist European Union or to take back their sovereignty and their borders. Now, this is very important because David Cameron, was the one leader at the time who was a UK prime minister who was attacking Trump publicly, which was very bizarre. I mean, you don't have a so-called ally of the United States attacking the presumptive nominee of the rival to Hillary and Obama on the campaign trail. And when I gave an interview while I was part of the campaign to the Times of London, which is London's uh, equivalent of, let's say, the New York Times, okay. And they asked me, what should D David Cameron do uh, about your candidate? And I said he should apologize. And, and it was a front page story. Uh, Trump's advisor pushes back against British prime minister. It was like a big deal, you know, then Pierce Morgan, all these guys got involved. And it was a and that is when you had the Australians reach out. You had the Israelis come into the picture. You had the British uh, diplomats all circling me. In and the reason they were able to do this was because I was in London. And going back to Hillary, the whole point of this was to feed me with fake information about Hillary or anybody on the campaign and to say, hey, look, uh, this guy knows something about the candidate. They're colluding with uh, foreign entities because they can't win it properly. And that's really what the entire operation was. It was about using people like Mifsud, the Australian diplomat, who was not a diplomat, by the way, the the Alexander Downer, right? Uh, this uh, this diplomat that you've heard about in the media. I reported him to the FBI. I reported him to Congress, and I even reported him to Mueller. And I had no idea that he was actually in on the scam. Because when I told Mueller, "Do you know that this guy is recording me? He's spying on me?" They said, "We know." This was your, your viewers really need to like look into the five eyes intelligence agreements of what the United States does with the UK, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and how they share intelligence and how they set up each other's citizens. Right. Because that's why all of this was going on. And of course, going back to the beginning of what I just said, I know I'm talking. It's a no, little I confusing. Love it. This is so important. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, I mean, I wish I could simplify it as much as I can, but what we're really talking about is the motivations behind why they were doing this. And it really comes down to the globalist agenda against outsiders who want to shake up the system and bring back sovereignty to each other's nations, right? Yeah. That's why Trump and his people and even Ben Carson and some would argue Ted Cruz and some of these other 
candidates at the time were vilified and attacked domestically and abroad. And Hillary was simply the golden calf, right? That's all she was. She's just the useful idiot yeah. of this agenda. And they just had to protect her at all costs possible, even to the extent that they exposed the FBI, where you have members of the FBI now going to prison because of what they did, including Peter Strzok's boss, Charles McGonigal, who was just sentenced to four years in prison last month. You had Kevin Kleinsmith, the FBI attorney, who's now a convicted felon. Uh, after altering uh, data and files, you have the FBI now with historic disapproval ratings in America. I think they're at a 20 percent approval rating among conservatives. You have the uh, the intelligence sharing agreements between the U.S. and the U.K. and Australia now under the scrutiny, especially if Trump gets back into office after right. what they pulled. And then you have this Australian guy at Mar-a-Lago reporting Trump to the FBI over other fake stories. So. All of this, this risk that these people took just to take down, not, a, not even a candidate, but the idea shows you how desperate they are to main, maintain control, power, and their form of governance in the United States and abroad. And Hillary wasn't a special person. She was simply the face of this agenda. And that's why at the beginning of this conversation, now, what did I say? It's not about Lisa Page. It's not about Peter Strzok. It's about what was behind them. They were the fall people. And Hillary was simply the face that they were hoping would allow them to implement what I'm talking about here. Yeah, 100 percent. And and the, the even bigger part here that I, I like what you said, and I want to want to point this out to people. You were an economic advisor. So people have to understand that this is about. I call them the international banking cartel, but there is a group of bankers that are aligned with the globalist agenda. We see all this money going to the IMF, the World Bank, BIS, people don't even know about that. And they 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 have this money. And then we have players in our own country that are, you know, somehow John Kerry, John Podesta, Samantha Power are controlling where money, billions of dollars is going all through the world, all of them adding, putting money into globalist agenda, globalist agenda. And that's why I'm saying what you guys were doing, I keep saying to people, and I've said it for all these years, MAGA was about the economic plan for America. It, and that is still, and so they call MAGA racist and this and that. No, MAGA was what you guys were doing, which was America has been gutted from the inside out. Industrial, you know, our economic system, our inner cities, our infrastructure. We don't make our own drugs. If it wasn't for COVID, people wouldn't realize how uh, much we shipped out of this country that is crucial to this country. And I believe you guys were coming in with a plan to um, take back basically American sovereignty economically, because that is what I believe was it still to this day is running this whole show, including these endless wars and all of this. They want to maintain the centralized banking system that they control that is so opaque that controls all these nations, let alone all the nations that are, are you know, have the loans to the IMF. So talk a little bit about that you were the economic advisor and why the economic policies of Donald Trump were unacceptable to the globalists. So people understand that this is so much bigger and it has a lot to do with money. So People always ask me, why do you think that the Australians got involved? Why did the British get involved? Why did the Italians uh, through Mipson get involved? So at that point, and this is why you got you to remember what was going on in 2016, because every four years or sometimes even every year, you have tectonic shifts in culture, uh, economy and policy, especially geopolitics, right? especially in the world we're living in today, every week is like a year in what in former decades, right? Right, yes. In 2016, you had two massive deals going on. First was the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. This was a globalist free trade agenda that would have allowed Southeast Asia, which are basically being built off of the American taxpayers and the American worker, to allow them to have a free, so-called free trade agreement with the United States, in which the United States would then really get nothing in return except uh, some greenhouse, uh, green deal type of uh, cr tax credits for people and companies that are involved in that business, which obviously Biden is now involved with and in giving all these tax breaks and just allowing 
this industry to run amok while oil and gas gets decimated, while industries continue to be decimated, while the Rust Belt uh, remains a Rust Belt and people are losing their jobs and only the top 1% continues to make money. So Australia was a key cog of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. It was this so-called landmark trade agreement, free trade agreement that Obama wanted to sign with, with these countries and it would have allowed China to basically control how the US conducted trade and even redesigned the global trade agreements, like a new WTO, a World Trade Organization, right. like allowing China and Southeast Asia with Japan and Australia to write the rules of the 21st century of how the US would conduct trade agreements. Basically, that's how landmark that was. It was like what Obama wanted to do to really cripple the United States economy permanently. So that's the one issue and why the Australians had a keen interest in assuring that this globalist agenda that Trump was against would succeed and people like Trump would fail. That's why the Australians were as involved with the British in spying on me, going against Trump, getting themselves involved uh, overtly with the FBI and the State Department. And even most recently now, about two months ago, there was a story where this uh, so-called Australian billionaire who was connected to the same guy that set me up in Australia was going to the FBI giving fake stories about Trump, about nuclear secrets. It was a story that came out about two months ago on ABC that your viewers can remember. So yeah. that was the Australian agenda. The British, on the other hand, I, and I kind of talked about it initially, was about Brexit. Right. You had the European Union, which my wife uh, worked for, and uh, actually she's the one that uh, warned me about Mifsud, and I'll, and I'll explain to you that connection too, because it's actually a very fascinating Great. story of how I even went on offense against what was happening to me, to Trump, into the country. But with Brexit, David Cameron, who was the UK prime minister, was the only leader that went out and attacked Trump which, like I said, was very bizarre. And the reason is because Trump said two things. One, I support Brexit, which really galvanized the British citizens, right? Like, oh, my God, like you have a, an American candidate who people know he's well known, he's liked, yeah. is talking about freedom, sovereignty, populism, culture, you know, revitalizing the family, revitalizing industry. And I, and I, and I used to study and live in London. I know the UK very well. A lot of what happened in the U.S. regarding industry happened in cities like Sheffield and York in the north of the U.K. So outside of London, I mean, basically, the U.K. has seen itself eaten from within, just like the United States. So, of course, when you have a guy like Trump saying, we're going to start this revolution at home and then it's going to hit you in the U.K., that's what made these people fear for their lives and why they attacked them, why they went after me, why they went after him and why they went to the extent to actually expose not only themselves, but their diplomats, their intelligence agencies to stop this. And it all has to do with one thing, maintaining control at the central banks, right. not allowing devolved to allow the digital currency, this decentralized currency that people are promoting. It's all about control. And Trump, with his populist economic ideas, was a direct threat to that. So it really comes down to geopolitics that are entwined with geoeconomics, the free trade agreements, and more control for central banks instead of allowing the people to have control of their finances and their lives. And this is actually what we've seen as a theme of the Biden administration, which is Obama 3.0. Oh, I hope you're enjoying the show. I was just talking on my new Patriot mobile service. I have to tell you, I'm so excited. They are incredible. They are America first. They they align with my values. And you know what? It's unlimited minutes, unlimited text, Wi-Fi calling, unlimited data, high speed, everything that you could use, just like everyone else. We have our time, we have our vote, and we have our money. And the great thing about Patriot Mobile is your service will be exactly the same. Difference with Patriot Mobile is they are an America first company. And what they do is they reinvest their money into causes that matter to me and matter to you and matter to this nation. At Patriot Mobile, those causes are the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, life, 
liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the constitution, and our children's future. So please go to the MelKShow.com. Patriot Mobile is a partner of ours. Please use the code MelK. What I can tell you too is that they are supporting me and they are supporting creators because they believe in the First Amendment. They believe that censorship is wrong and they are going to put their money where their mouth is. Do what you can for the creators out there that are doing what I'm doing. Please go to Patriot Mobile, MelK Show. All I can say is thank you so much, guys. Supporting my partners supports me, and Patriot Mobile is absolutely awesome. I checked them out. We're switching to Patriot Mobile, and we hope you do too. Thank you so much. 100%. And then also something happened in 2015, I think a lot of people think is uh, is a positive thing, and I do not, which is uh, Obama signed on to Agenda 2030 and the 17 development goals. And if you read those 17 development goals, what, what it appears to me is, is the whole game there is that they are saying that everything on planet Earth, basically, and, and these are the billionaires and the bankers, and I call them the international banking cartel, and, and they're public-private partnership friends of Davos and other groups, that they are creating the idea that there's global problems that can only be solved by a global government slash governance, and that they are the anointed people to solve this all. And what we've seen between the climate and the endless wars and all of that is a continued transfer of sovereign nation's wealth to this group of people that I don't think until the pandemic rolled out and everyone saw the whole world walk in lockstep with these people. Because what's crazy is most people don't remember that the first person to announce the Great Reset and Build Back Better and all of that was now King Charles. And then you hear, then it's coming out. Then we're watching what was happening in Australia and we're watching what happened in Italy. And we're watching, this goes in tandem with everything that you're saying, which is it was these nations and then the, the World Economic Forum, which nobody looked at. Suddenly people were looking at the World Economic Forum and thinking, why is this guy writing a book? Uh, COVID-19, the Great Reset. And then, and, and Build Back Better. They're all these leaders. are it's, They have the same script. And when I started looking into it, and I looked at the, I call it the octopus of global control. When I looked at all of their websites and you put in global governance or agenda 2030, and I'm talking everywhere from the IMF, World Bank, but the WHO, UNESCO, uh, the Vatican, and they all have the exact same language about the idea that nation states are no, no longer work. And that what we need to solve the planet's problems is global governance. And they go through it. And those 17 development goals to me, are their path to global governance. Because when you look at them and you say, oh, you want 130 nations to sign on to this, which are the only ones that they care about because the rest they keep destitute. Um, so to me, everything I've seen Obama do and now all of Biden's executive orders line up with facilitating a global governance over not just our nation, all of the nations. Do you feel that that's part of this agenda is, is kind of... Um, walking us into this, this, everything seems to be, let's transfer all our money to these globalists so that they can save us rather than what it should be is every nation saving themselves and then cooperating to help other nations. <laughs> well, look, look what happened in, in Ireland recently, right? You had uh, the series of uh, attacks by foreigners, um, illegal migrants, right. uh, not even Irish, not even Irish citizens, you know, so illegal migrants who had no reason to be there attacking children they were stabbing children this was like a, a major story about two three weeks ago yep. and the irish people of course who love their country love their values love their you know there's some are catholics some are protestant you know they're, they're, they have a division there in northern ireland ireland regardless they don't want to see their country overrun by people that don't belong there stabbing children right yeah. So they went out and there were a lot of protests. There were a lot of signs regarding nationalism in Ireland, you know, secure our borders, get out of the EU, because, you know, the EU obviously is a common border. You can just like move any way you possibly want. That's why the whole Brexit thing with the UK was such a big deal, because right. it was about restoring sovereignty. Now, the prime minister of Ireland, the moment these manifestations erupted, these nationalists uh, he went and said, if you do this, we're going to arrest you. We're going to have the police raiding your phones. If you will showcase anything about nationalism, uh, Irish identity, you're going to get imprisoned. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because Ireland, as part of this agenda, actually, it's one of the countries in the, in the EU that is really promoting this 
concept that the nation state is now replaced and it's it, we're going to replace it with special economic zones where essentially there is no identity it's just companies that are the nation because if you think about it a company like apple which has a market cap of let's say a trillion dollars right the gdp of ireland as a whole is around 250 billion so these multinational companies and then are bigger than entire nation states, if you think of it in terms of money. Yeah. So when you bring these companies to invest, they control the show, not the citizens. And the only way that you can actually fight back against this encroaching uh, overthrow of nationalist identity right. through multinational corporations, which of course are then linked to the central banks and to the Black Rocks and the vanguards and all these you know, big asset managers behind them, you need to bring back your borders, your sovereignty, and have a strong national identity that Trump talks about. So in Europe right now, you have like this divide between countries like Ireland, which are going completely on the left, which are actually imprisoning their own citizens for fighting against this garbage. And then you have other countries like Italy, where my wife is from, where you have uh, Georgia Maloney, who is tr was trying to bring back control of her country? Then she obviously fell into you know the you know the, the 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 establishment that fought back against it, and then you have the rise of the right wing in Eastern Europe versus the left in Northern Europe. So it's it's a big debacle there. But in America, what we should be fearing as citizens is: do we want to become another Ireland, or do we want companies to serve the people via taxes like they were designed to do instead of controlling? how people should think, how they should look in order to even be hired. And that's a thing, the only thing I really, personally, I, I appreciate about what Vivek is talking about is this, right? It's about this, uh, the, the cultural issues surrounding, you know, BlackRock and, and companies and the woke agenda that has infiltrated these multinational companies and how they're actually forcing universities to change, how to indoctrinate students and how companies will even accept people to join them if they don't change. So uh, that's really what it's about. And the only way to stop this is if you really, you know, force them to abide by the constitution. Right. And by cultural norms of America. And that goes through what Donald Trump has been trying to advocate for, for, I would say the last 30 years, not the last seven years. I agree a hundred percent. And, you know, I love that you're saying this because I, something that I honed in on a long time ago, and I kept saying, this is, this is important. What happened? There was a meeting in 2019 in, uh, in Jackson hole, Wyoming, where, uh, Larry think of BlackRock called all the bankers in America, the powerful ones and all of the CEOs, the powerful ones. And most people that watch me know that BlackRock and Vanguard are the biggest shareholders in most of these corporations that no longer seem to be for profit. They're more for control. And he made a yeah. speech about going direct. And when I read that speech and I see that's, about four months later, the pandemic rolled out and then all the things that that brought in and, and kind of this totalitarian, like slow march. I believe that what Larry Fink, who's also for people that are watching on the board of the World Economic Forum, the Council of Foreign Relations, you know, somehow BlackRock can function freely in CCP China. But um, Larry Fink basically said, uh, what I think going direct meant, because right after that, we had the entire thing of what you're talking about go down. Um, was that they were going to skip the government, the people first, our elected officials, the captured government, and use banks and corporations to control the behavior of the people. So when when I saw that, and then a few weeks later, I believe, from what I see, Fink met with Biden, and then right away, everyone dropped out. So is that what he meant? Are we dealing with a corporate banking takeover supra above our government at this point it, it, that that's the that's the goal and they're not even hiding it anymore and that's uh mel what's you know and, and that's really you know we talked about europe the, the whole concept of the european union is this supra national uh organizing governing structure right that right. really the moment you have anything that's supra right and in this con in this case we're talking about these multi trillion dollar multinational companies with even bigger money behind them, like you just said, BlackRock, Vanguard, you dissolve sovereignty and your freedom 
not simply your borders, but actually your personal freedom to the state, which is run not by the taxpayers, which is what people normally think, but by these asset managers who are actually buying up farmland. Right. They're buying up uh, the biggest companies in the world and they're buying up your universities and the pandemic or the pandemic, whatever that was, I, you know, I, we obviously saw what it did to the world. Right. It was, in my opinion, something that was designed to condition people to accept and bow down to the supranational entity, which is the top down governing of the state versus personal liberty and how you will conduct yourself within your own family, because how much did that affect your family too? You couldn't even see your family members. You couldn't hug them. You couldn't, uh, you were doing Zoom calls. It was about control and over even money. Yeah. And uh, so many people, unfortunately, bought into it, hook, line, and sinker. And uh, they still believe what they did was the right choice. But they have no idea that not only the trillions that were spent by Congress to combat this uh, this uh, so-called virus are going to result in devastating inflation moving forward, but also your personal liberty was as much affected as by this pandemic as it was after 9-11. And 100%. that's even more dangerous, in my opinion, than uh, people even dying in the short term. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, you know, you've also been very outspoken, as has your wife, on the war on Christianity. And I think yeah. that a lot of what's happening here goes back to what you were just saying is also, it's weird. These people don't really come up with new ideas, if you know history, because it's very similar to Mao's revolution in in every way, in my opinion. And one of those parts of Mao's revolution was there could be no God because the state had to be God. The the Mao had to be God. That's how the CCP runs it. There is no God because the state is God. God state is also father and mother and everything. And um, do you believe that this obvious, I mean, I read this document a long time ago uh, from Jamie Raskin and other people for the Secular Democrats of America. And it is the most offensive document, I think. I, I well, There's many of them, but it's really, really uh, anti-God, anti-religion. There should be no religion in America. I personally think that the separation of church and state has been uh, totally bastardized in, it, in what it was meant to mean. So what what do you believe about that? Because you've been outspoken um, as, as somebody who believes that this is part of, of the plan, is to get rid of religion and 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 God, basically, in general. No, you're absolutely right. My wife and I, uh, you know, and first of all, if it wasn't for our belief in, in Jesus and in God, we would not have gotten through what we did for just to be out there, you know. And, yeah. and uh, when, when, when you are trying to get out of the toughest situations in your life, uh, you look to God, in my opinion. You don't look to the state. You don't look to nanny states to uh, basically put you on a government dole and to so-called take care of your most existential issues of your life, right? So a main issue that many people don't even realize, and this is something that uh, I've even learned through my wife's uh, work that she's been doing in Ukraine over the last couple of years, and uh, most recently with this fascinating interview that she had with this uh, person, uh, Andrew Durkash, which uh, went viral, um, is how entwined the war between Ukraine and Russia is, is actually over religion. And what do I mean by this, right? Because I'm an Orthodox Christian. Russia is predominantly Orthodox Christian. Ukraine is technically predominantly Orthodox Christian. But this group of people like Zelensky and some of these outside people and advisors in the U.S. State Department and yeah. the EU, <laughs> Soros, exactly, they're going into Ukraine and actually doing two things that really triggered Putin to actually really invade. And the first was obviously killing ethnic Russians in the east of Ukraine and in Crimea, which they're predominantly located in as Russian Orthodox. And the second was to actually trying to dismantle the culture. The theme of a lot of our conversation today has been about culture, yep. about trying to replace the indigenous culture with something foreign. Ukraine is a socially conservative country, which is predominantly Orthodox, but Zelensky and Soros and the State Department and the EU wanted to actually dismantle Christianity in that country. They've arrested priests. 
They've arrested, they've shut down churches. They've called them enemies of the state. Exactly how people like Mao were doing it in China, how Stalin was doing it in the Soviet Union. And we saw the dark age that that permeated those societies in which millions of people were killed, astute destruction, poverty, a lack of hope, uh, salvation, in which the only salvation that they were told you could have was the state. Now, Putin was not going to allow that to happen after all of this attempt to not only kill his people, but also to dismantle society from within. That's why he went in. And that's why he, you know, this idea that this was like a unprovoked war was just complete nonsense. So that's that issue. And and, and it's the same issue in the United States. You know, if they're trying to do what they're doing there here. And, uh, you know, for me and I think most of your viewers, their God is the most important thing next to their family. And I think as long as you maintain that in your heart, you'll be okay. Yeah, I think that's why most people, at least that I I, uh, align with, believe that this is a spiritual battle above all else. And it it truly is between good and evil. But too many people out there, I think, have an aversion, especially people that believe in Jesus and, and God and believe that, you know, people are inherently good. They can't believe that there would be this would be possible, but it's been possible many times in history, well before America was even established. This, this, uh, you know, to remove God, religion, family, all of that in order to have a state. You know, you, you 1984, even in in that book, which is you know really scary to read right now. But you read that not only is there new speak and all of this, but there is a a very obvious when um, the state is explaining what they are. They basically in the book it says you know, Russia and Germany, they did it wrong. You know, we're just in in it for power, for power's sake, and we know exactly what we're doing. And at this point, these people that are running, what I say is uh, the controlled demolition of America, but really for this this world global governance, it's not about money. All these are the richest people on the planet by design. It's about power, raw power and and all kinds of things. So I want to talk a little bit because lawfare is the most vile, disgusting, uh, Thing that I think we are watching in America right now, not just with Donald Trump and the persecution of him. I am friendly with General Flynn and other people that have been uh, in the same position as you. You, unfortunately, were the first, I believe, to have they had came at you so hard with lawfare. And a lot of people don't understand the amount of money, energy, effort it takes to fight the state coming at you with lawfare. So I wanted to talk just a little so people fully understand what that looks like and why so many people, because now people say, well, if they were innocent or, you know, he pleaded to this or this or that, you don't have a choice when you're in that situation. So let's just talk a little bit about that because we're watching it with Trump and all these lawyers and all these people that, you know, it's the same group that went after you, the Eisens, the, the you know, Weissman, all these people. Talk a little bit about the lawfare part of your story. Yeah, and, and that's, I guess, why the title of my book uh, is Deep State Target, right? right. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, to be targeted at this level, it's a deep state operation behind you. We're not talking about uh, a, a drunk driving charge. Uh, we're not talking about, uh, you know, a tax issue or something like that. When you're talking about attempting a coup, okay, so just so your, your viewers understand what I was caught up in, I was stuck not between a rock and a hard place, but I was stuck in the middle of a coup attempt against a sitting president, which is the de facto assassination of a president, right? Right. That's what I was caught up in and what they were trying to do to me to not only get me for, you know, issues I was working on and my ideas, but also the Trump campaign and of course the president because of these ideas that we've been talking about here today, right? We've been talking about the economic populism, the cultural revolution, the foreign policy ideas that we've been talking about here and what our ideas are versus their ideas and how we're in the battle of a spiritual battle, really, for whoever's going to win between these ideas, right? So I was stuck in the middle of this attempt by not only the Comey FBI, the CIA, but foreign governments too, like we talked about, Italians, British, Israelis, uh, uh, Australians, that were all invested in a third Obama term because of some of the issues we talked about here. And of course, when you have an outsider like Trump, where none of these countries who are giving millions of dollars to the Clinton Foundation, 
who are not buddies with Bill and Hillary, who haven't been whining and dining their lobbyists and on the dole for, you know, of course they're going to say, we're not going to lose that investment to this guy talking about all these issues and his bunch of advisors that all of a sudden think that they're going to rule the world and, and make us lose our return on these investments that we've been doing for years. And I was caught up in that. Now, the way they went after me, they went after Flynn. Yeah. I had just left the inauguration. Uh, I was, you know, their meeting, you know, at the time when Scaramucci was still a normal advisor, you know, before he, we were there having drinks, uh, you know, uh, it was a beautiful event. There were, you know, foreign government, everything, everything was beautiful. And I go back to my hometown of Chicago a couple of days later, packing my stuff, uh, expecting, you know, to start negotiating what my formal role was going to be. Because, you know, I was working on the transition team with Flynn as well. Right. We were in constant touch, Steve Bannon. It was a very small group of people. It was a, it was actually a very chaotic moment, right? Yeah. I go back to my my hometown of Chicago and I have the FBI in my house. And I'm thinking, and, and the reason I, I bring this up the way I do is because you mentioned lawfare, right? In the movies, you think lawfare is only about the bad guys. The criminal is not a presidential campaign, right? I mean, you're, you're supposed to be an untouchable, especially when you've done nothing wrong. If you're yeah. a national security advisor like Flynn, why would the FBI go and try and set you up while you're just entering an administration? Actually, that's the most sensitive moment when no one should be interfering with anything. And they went after me and Flynn at a moment of confusion, uh, at a moment when no one expected this was happening behind the scenes. And it turned my life upside down. But thank goodness I had my wife, yeah. who was then my girlfriend, Simona, uh, not only support me and speak on my behalf when I couldn't, and you know she was a, yeah. on Hannity and George oh, yeah. Stephanopoulos. She 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 not only saved my life but really the country in a way because what they were trying to do to me was on one on one side the liberals said, you know what you're going to be the new John Dean with your wife. We're going to give you fame and fortune. You're going to overthrow Trump. Just tell tell us BS right. stories. Yes. Seriously, just tell us BS stories, even if they're not true. We're right. going to write about it. And then the media, as you have seen over the last six years, colludes with the intelligence agencies, with the Democrats on the Hill. We're going to impeach him, convict him, and the American public will never know a thing. Right. And my, and my wife and I at the time, or we said to ourselves, are we going to live like frauds? Can you look yourself in the mirror? Would you want to be married to a guy who sold his country out for some pieces of silver and committed perjury against an innocent person just to get out of something that I now understood at the time was a frame job. Yeah. And we said, no, we're going to fight this. The truth is going to come out. And that's actually when Simona was going and talking about the setup. She's the first one that said Joseph Mifsud, who we discussed in our conversation, yeah. was a Western intelligence guy. She knew him. She knew him from her time working at the European Union who he was connected to in Italy with the socialists and the deep state in Italy. So once she starts telling me this, I'm like, whoa, there's something big going on here that is way bigger than a lying to the FBI charge, which was a setup anyway. This I is really massive scale, global scale stuff. All we can do is pray. We literally got on our hands and he said, sure. God, please protect us in the middle of this. Keep going. We fought back. And uh, the rest is history. And I think that really saved Trump's first administration. Yeah. And the truth is that what they were most afraid of was you and General Flynn and your ideas actually coming to fruition in America and setting us free from what, because I believe that they, they, the British especially infiltrated this country long ago, certainly through the city of London, and that we are still dealing with the fallout of that. The good news is I believe that they've never been maybe as close to their global governance, but as far away, because we're watching now Germany and Poland and um, uprisings all over the world. And um, the only place right now that it seems, and this is this is a lot to do with our media and the infiltrated social media, the only place that doesn't seem to understand that this isn't about left and right, Republican and Democrat, it's not about whether you like or hate 
Trump. It's not about any of that. It is truly about maintaining America as our founders intended and our sovereignty and our freedom and our future versus joining this globalist cabal that I don't believe will ever come back from. So in our last question, and I hope you'll come back, I think you're absolutely brilliant and fascinating. Um, but in our last question, we are heading into 2024. Obviously, you know better than most the amount of chaos that they will be, uh, I think, inflicting upon the planet to continue down the road of this path of global governance. I do think there's enough resistance worldwide. And as long as we can keep our voices out there, obviously, I'm very, I've been kicked off everything, but I keep coming back and rebuilding no matter what. But we have a rough year ahead. Um, what are your thoughts? Because you've now been an advisor in multiple campaigns. You've watched this many times on where we're headed and um what uh what is that for the for the audience just to end on this what is truly at stake in 2024 because it is not what i think people are telling people it's not a left and right situation why do you think that the british are leading the charge in yemen why do you think the british are also preventing any peace deal with uh ukraine and russia why are the british really running the foreign policy of the United States de facto yeah. with Biden, while with Trump, it was always the United States leading them, leading the world. It was America first and the world follows. What we are witnessing with Biden, and, and, and unfortunately, I do think we're going to see an attack at home that's going to be a black swan event. And I think that this drum roll of war yeah. that we're beginning to see escalate with uh, Lebanon with Hezbollah, with Hamas in Gaza, the attacks on the Houthis, it's going to force an escalation with Iran, yep. which sucks in Russia, and it's going to result in a conflagration, not only in Eastern Europe, but in the Middle East. And I think we're going to be hit as a direct or indirect result, knowingly or unknowingly, in the United States because of this dangerous game of manipulation and control that Biden with the British and some other foreign governments are desperate to hold on to, and that is power and control. So the reason that this election is more important than any in your lifetime is because of the following. In 2016, they were subtle in their efforts to commit a silent coup against a president and the American people with the help of these foreign governments. That has now been over, over, overwhelmingly exposed because of shows like yours, the president going on offense, my book, going out publicly talking about what happened to me. I'm sure General Flynn does the same exact thing. Yep. And now, because of that, they know they can't simply pull the wool over the American people's eyes anymore. And you're going to see a desperate regime, meaning the United States is under a regime, in my opinion, right now with Biden, yeah. with these foreign governments who are also desperate to main power, work this angle to scare the people into maintaining the stability with Biden. Don't be fooled. The only way out of this issue, and the only way is to take back control of your sovereignty, of your industry, of your border, and of your values and of your culture. And there's only one candidate out there right now. There's some other candidates out there that are talking a big game. They might be likable. They're not going to take us to the promised land. Only Donald Trump will take us to the promised land. And if you want to combat what we've been talking about here today, which is a lot of stuff, you need to bring back your identity, your sovereignty, and we need some populist ideas back. Yep. And that's why I'm supporting Trump this election, why I've been overtly supporting him. I know millions are. They have their, the hope in his hands to get this country back on track because of what we're up against. It's a spiritual battle. It's a domestic battle. And it's an international battle against America and what we hold dear to. So. I guess uh, I, I'm leaving it a bit on a pessimist uh, uh, mark, but I mean, it's... I don't think you are. I think you're leaving it on a... You know what I say? I say that we are in a time that will be in the history books. And I say to people, you know, locally where you are in your own sphere of influence, because right now with the color revolution they've been pulling in America, people right now think that their neighbor is their enemy because they can't see the real enemy. And the truth is right now, I think is a time when people are going to look back and say, what did you do when totalitarianism basically was knocking on America's door? Did you step up? I think it's a time for leaders and heroes and voices like yours and others to rise up and really, you know, 
stake the claim of America that's that we were promised. And and I think the more time, more you're out there and the more people understand the real enemy, because right now, because of that media that is owned by these same people that are controlled demolition of America funders, uh, they don't let the people know. I feel like if the, if the peop American people really understood that this was a globalist billionaire oligarchy deciding America's future and fate, they would forget about all the nonsense issues and all the left and right, gay, straight, black, white. Listen, we all need to stand for freedom. And, and if we lose freedom, none of that matters. So I honestly think what you're saying is the most important thing. Let people know what the stakes are. And, and I feel like your vo voice is really important. So to me, uh, last words, and then I hope you'll come back. And please, uh, everyone, check out his wife's interview. I'll put a link below. It's really important to understand that piece of what really happened and is happening in Ukraine. So go ahead and then tell everyone where to find you, follow you, and, f and find your book. Because I feel like if you haven't read his book by now, it's it's time. You really have to know what's going on on this planet. So go ahead. <laughs> well, well, Mel, thanks so much, of course, for having me. Uh, this has been a really an incredible conversation. I really enjoyed this uh, back and forth and like the casual, but not so casual environment because we're talking about a lot of heavy hitting stuff here. And, uh, you know, we really live in this age of Instagram and uh, we have like a one second attention span. And a lot of what we've been talking about here, I think, uh, is designed with this uh, attempt to distract us from with sports, with gay, straight, black, white, whatever, all these agendas. It's designed simply to confuse the people, not to focus on what we've been talking about here today on your show. These are the issues affecting not only today, but the future, your family, your security, and your pocketbook. So that's why I think, you know, people should really look at a history book, read a history yep. book, li listen to this interview, and do your own research and just really Forget the white noise, focus on the big issues at hand. And that's what we were talking about here today. So thank you so lot for that. Yeah. You can find me on X, I'm at George Papa 19. And my book is called Deep State Target, How I Got Caught in the Crosshairs of the Plot to Bring Down President Trump, which that's exactly what it was. It's on Amazon. No bookstores are carrying it, obviously, because of the contents of what's in there. So you can find okay. it on Amazon. And, uh, be uh you could follow me for a lot of updates on there and happy to do your show anytime great and you know what though your book's going to be much bigger in the future than than it, it will ever it could ever be right now so don't worry about that and, and thank you so much for all you do you put yourself out there a lot your wife does as well and uh to me you guys are heroes and keep fighting i think you're only getting started so uh thank you for coming on and i hope to see you again really appreciate it thanks so much Mel. thanks so much appreciate it anytime I don't know about you, but I feel a lot better being prepared for whatever's coming. Every day I hear something new. You, something's coming from the CDC. Something's coming from the FDA. The who's trying to take over our, our healthcare system. All this craziness. And what I know is that one man really changed my life, how I look at everything that's happening to me health-wise. And that was Dr. Zelenko. He was a good friend of mine, a good friend of the show. And he came up with the most amazing product. Z-Stack has been a game changer for us. We have not been sick since we've been on it. We take it regularly. If we feel like we're coming down with something, Something will double up but he has all new products over at the website god rest his soul he did not leave us unprepared and that is very important for you to prepare so he's got z shield he's got a kid z stack which is awesome he's got z flu z detox he's got all kinds of things he always said to me your your immune system must be clean resilient and resistant this matters the most and what i can say on top of that is that he supported me he supported free speech he supported medical freedom he supported personal liberty and everything that I believe in, he believed in. He inspired me to be myself, to speak up, to speak out. And what matters is that you are feeling healthy, whole, clean, clear, focused, and that your immune system is protected from anything that comes our way. And Z-Stack is the best way to do that. Please stock up on Z-Stack. Go to themelkshow.com. Go to our partners page. Goes down to Z-Stack. That also supports the show. When you buy from our partners, these great people, especially Dr. Zelenko, who is dear to me, you are supporting the show and keeping us going. And I know that truth, freedom, and the First Amendment matter to you. They mattered to him. They mattered to me. So make sure you're always healthy. You're always out there. You're always standing up. Be brave. Courage is contagious. The narrative is falling apart, but as it does, there's so much 
of this fraudulent disinformation, misinformation, censorship coming from the globalists. And what we need to do is be focused on the facts, cut through everything, be discerning and get it first and foremost out there to everyone. It is important that you know what is going on. Censorship is getting nuts. You guys know it. There's accounts all over the place that are fake, that are not me. I know you guys send me emails and I really appreciate it. And you report it and it's on Telegram and Instagram and Twitter and they're not me. So I'm super excited to announce We The People with Mel K. Be the first to join. It's a VIP community, just you and me behind a paywall, no trolls, no nothing. We get to know each other. I will give you the facts first. I break a lot of stories a long time before other people. We can talk about past, present, future, history, what we're doing now, solutions for going forward, what 2024 is gonna look like. I'm gonna do breaking news, do a lot of deep dives. I'm gonna bring that information to you guys first in a live Q&A every week. So please click the link below and join me over there. We are going to create a community, a community that is censorship proof, it's cancel proof, it's truth, it's transparency, it's on the road to God, country, justice, everything that we want in one place. This is the most incredible, amazing time to be alive. As hard as it seems and as difficult as the battle has been for you guys and definitely for me, all I know is that we all are part of the solution. We are all involved and invested and you guys have the passion that I have. So let's join together on live Q and A's once a week with me, Mel Kay, we, the people of the United States, taking back this nation. This is so exciting, guys. I've been dying to do this, and we finally got the technology right. So please join me. Click the link below. Can't wait to get started.